The Healthcare Quality Cast is powered by the Quality Coaching Company. If you'd like to work with us to earn your Lean Six Sigma for healthcare certification or partner with our innovative corporate training and coaching programs to successfully scale your continuous improvement initiatives, then click the link below to learn more and apply. Hey, quality people, welcome to the Healthcare Quality Cast. I'm your host, Jarvis Gray, and in this podcast, we spotlight today's most exciting and inspiring industry leaders. We dive deep into the career journeys of these leaders that work daily to improve quality, safety, and service outcomes for their patients, their family members, and their communities at large. Our mission is to provide motivation and direction to our listeners, encouraging you all to continue your efforts in improving the overall quality of healthcare. Now, let's meet today's quality guests. All right, thank you for joining in on another episode of the Healthcare Quality Cast. And today I'm here with two very special guests, healthcare leaders and influencers, Mrs. Barney, Bonnie Barnes and Dr. Stuart Downs. Bonnie, Stuart, are you both ready to share with some quality people? Excited to do Absolutely. All right, Absolutely. We love to start every show with positive affirmations to really get our momentum going. So I would love if you both could please share a favorite leadership quote or mindset, but also tell why it appeals to you and how do you apply it on a daily basis. Stuart, Bonnie, you would you want to take us off? <laughs> oh, sure. There we go. Well, no, you know, no. I, I will tell you, Jarvis, I'm not great with leave quotes, but I've thought a lot about this. And I would say that my staff would tell you I'm all about three things. Number one, being passionate about our work. I don't think you can be successful when you're not really caring, dedicated, passionate, feeling, feeling the mission of work. Secondly, I'm all about keeping things simple. Uh, I think about when something is presented to me, how somebody who did not have a world full of background that I have, would they understand it? Trying to keep things as simple as possible. And the third thing my staff would tell you that I'm also all about getting things done by our team, action plans, a team that's really committed to uh, determining the best way to get something done with consensus and partnership, because everyone who touches our program and the organizations we partner with has to have a voice. They don't always have a vote, but they have to have a voice. So we're all about trying to get things done together. I hope those three things Wonderful. make sense. I love it. No, they, they love it. I, I'm going to touch on them in a second. Um, let me let me ask Stuart, um, same question. What are what are your thoughts or for getting us kicked off? Sure thing. Um, absolutely. Thank you, Jarvis. And uh, first, let me say before I answer um, that question, um, what an honor it is today to even share in this podcast with my friends, Mark and Bonnie Barnes. Uh, I met Mark and Bonnie years ago at an A1L conference in Seattle, was introduced to the Daisy Foundation at that time, and we've been great friends and colleagues ever since, and um, I've been a disciple of Daisy ever since as well. So to share today in this venue with them is very special for me. I would say my favorite leadership quote um, is this, um, great leaders don't set out to be a leader. They set out to make a difference. So it's never about the role, it's always about the goal. And in this case, um, for me as a nurse leader, the goal has always been, one of my goals has always been to recognize nurses who are extraordinary in every sense of the word with recognition that is meaningful, authentic, and heartfelt. Meaningful recognition certainly appeals to me for many reasons, and uh, we'll talk about that over the next few moments during this podcast. Very perfect. Well, I have to swing around for both of you all's um, just opening thoughts and mindset. 
um, Bonnie, everything you share from being passionate to keeping it simple to getting it done. Um, first, I have to say, I think that's going to resonate with our audience of healthcare leaders and quality improvement professionals. Um, Stuart, I love your mindset. Um, it's about the role, not the goal, or excuse me, it's about the goal, not the role, um, and, and leaders getting into it to make a difference, have an impact. Um, that's exactly the kind of community that we're trying to build through this podcast. So um, I just have to thank you both for those opening thoughts and mindsets. And um, Stuart, I have to tell you the quick background story, but um, as I reached out to Bonnie to connect with her for joining in and share with her, um, yeah, I know I'm, it's still kind of hot off the press, so it, you know, that I'm not there with you guys at AMC anymore. But um, the first thing she said as I shared my connection to um, the organization was, you got to have students. So this was a package deal, man. This was like all or nothing. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. And thank you for yes. your warm words, Stuart. You know we love you dearly. That's, and the feeling is mutual. Absolutely. All right. So, no, thank you both. And let me move to the next question. So I know you both fairly well from our relationships and just getting to know you um, through setting this recording up. Um, but I'd love for you all to now kind of introduce yourselves to our audience of healthcare leaders and quality people. So, um, Bonnie, if you could please describe for us the, the role and the work that you're in, um, your background story, story, and then Stuart, again, we'll come back over to you with the same. Well, thank you, Jarvis. I, I appreciate the chance to talk a little bit about what we're so passionate about here at the Daisy Foundation. So my professional role is as the co-founder and CEO of the Daisy Foundation. Uh, Stuart alluded to my husband, Mark. He's actually not on the call at the moment. I'm sure out walking the dogs heard the bell go off. However, we um, started this foundation now 21 years ago when Mark's son, Patrick, died of complications of the autoimmune disease, ITP. Patrick wasn't a little kid. He was 33 years old. He and his wife had just given us our first grandchild six weeks before he woke up one morning with some strange symptoms and was admitted to the hospital with a very low, low platelet count. So Mark and I went to Texas where they were living at the time to be with them, thinking we could help out with the family while he was in the hospital for just a couple of days and get over this thing we'd never heard of called ITP. But that's not what happened. Patrick became really, really sick. And over the coming eight weeks, Mark and I basically lived in the hospital with him, uh, trying to cope with what was going on for him in this very, very serious healthcare crisis. And at the end of those eight weeks, he, he passed away. Well, I know all of you who are listening, who are in clinical work in any way, have been around families like ours, where you go through this emotional roller coaster and suddenly it was over. Now what do we do? Well, in our case, we, we had to find some way to keep, keep Patrick's very special spirit alive. We needed something positive to hold on to over those eight weeks that, that we could take forward and, and try to fill that gaping hole in our hearts that his death had left. As we talked run one night right after he died with his wife, we kept thinking about there wasn't anything positive about those eight weeks. They were the worst weeks of our lives, except one, and that was Patrick's nurses. We witnessed not only clinical excellence at its best, but, but most meaningful to us, such extraordinary compassion and sensitivity and kindness that when Patrick died, we really needed to find a way to say thank you. Very simple. We wanted to say thank you to nurses, not only for the big clinical life-saving things they do, but most importantly, the little things they do that make such a difference to patients and families. Well, we created the Daisy Foundation over a very liquid dinner one night shortly after Patrick's death, 
and DAISY stands for Diseases Attacking the Immune System. And we created the DAISY Award for Extraordinary Nurses as a way to give patients and families and coworkers a chance to share their story of extraordinary compassionate care. And then nurses would be selected by their peers on a regular basis throughout the year in their organization to receive the DAISY Award. That was our very simple concept. We honestly thought when we launched this at the end of 1999, that if we could say thank you to nurses in five or 10 hospitals around the country, we'd have done our thing and we could go back to being retired and doing what we were doing before Patrick got sick. Remember I said, I like to keep things simple. Fast forward, thanks to leaders like Stuart Downs, there are now over 4,650 healthcare facilities and schools of nursing committed to honoring their nurses month in and month out with the DAISY Award, not only in all 50 states, but in 28 other countries as well. So much for keeping it. Most important to us, more than 2 million times, a patient or a family member or coworker has taken the time to share their story by writing a DAISY nomination for their nurse. Meaningful recognition. So that's our story. Prior to this, I was working in advertising and marketing, had retired, was growing wine grapes in the backyard here in Sonoma County, and then our world. It is... Um just really insightful for me personally to hear that um, I've been in healthcare over 13 years, Bonnie. Um, everywhere that I've gone, I've seen elements of the Daisy Foundation. Again, so when I came up with this podcast, a number of you know potential guests and leaders that I wanted to connect with, this was right there on the list. So to have the opportunity to hear that story directly from you, um, very insightful. And um, just know, again, from my personal path, that focus for the DAISY Award, that culture that is built within all the groups that I've worked in has been um, phenomenal. And like I said, just top of mind is, as I created this entire platform here. So um, thank you for that background. Um, Stuart, would you uh, also share with us a little bit about yourself? Sure, absolutely. So now you see, um, I mentioned earlier about being a DAISY disciple. You see exactly why um, why anyone would want to be part of the DAISY Foundation. Um, so inspirational, and it just has such um, meaning of family, and um, it, 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 you just can't help but, but love everything that it stands for. Um, I'm a professional registered nurse by background, um, and I've been a nurse leader since 2001. You know, I never set out to become a nurse. My story is a little bit different. My pro professional career um, goal was to be an airline pilot. I wanted to fly in the big leagues and for Delta and United and, and, and the, big, the big airline companies like that. But in late 1993, my grandfather had a massive stroke and ultimately um, passed away. But I watched as nurses cared for him in those final fleeting moments of his life. My grandfather and I were very close, and I was so impressed with how they treated him, how they treated us as members of the family during a time, much like Mark and Bonnie, of so much pain and so much hurt. You know, I thought at that time, this is what I want to do professionally. And that decision um, obviously made my parents very proud as well because they, were, they had great trepidation about me being an airline pilot. But, you know, since that time that I declared nursing as a major many years ago, I've never looked back, nor have I ever regretted the day that I became a nurse. 
and you know through meaningful recognitions i i've, I've been recognized many times um in my career as a nurse um not per se early on with when i was a practicing nurse with the daisy award um because it it wasn't alive and vibrant um at the, at that time but since then just to to participate and partake um in daisy since then and honor nurses um throughout my leadership career it's been pretty pretty amazing and pretty um fulfilling no thank you for that um that overview and again just that that additional insight um Stuart, i've known you for a bit over a year or so now and had no idea what that bad <laughs> highly impressive and Stuart, i do want to take the opportunity to say thank you for your leadership i i know we're going to get into some leadership topics um a little later in our sure. conversation um just again personal impact on me um over the months that i've known you highly just impressed and you've been on my list um i was just fortunate that bonnie um pulled you in sooner than i could reach out to you for this podcast so thank you <laughs> thank you and, and we can't me... underestimate the number of the amount of recognition that stewart has received professional career he has a long list of credentials and contributions that he's made to patient care and to the nursing profession through his leadership roles, especially through the American Organization for Nursing Leadership. He is now a fellow of and served on the board and an amazing maker in everything he does and makes tremendous contributions to us here at DAISY as a member of our board. Thank you, Bonnie. It's an honor. And absolutely. And I'll prepare you now, Stuart, when we do get to some of our leadership topics, I, I would love for you to share your thoughts on um, I'll say professional development as a leader, because that is a, a proponent of this podcast as, you know, we we reach and hopefully touch and influence other healthcare leaders is that ongoing professional development. To Bonnie's point, um, you've excelled at that. So um, be prepared. That that question is coming for sure. In a few All righty. I'm ready. Uh, next, uh, next question really quickly. Um, Bonnie, you know, based on your work and your leadership connected to the DAISY Foundation, can you give us an overview of the program a little bit deeper, but really just maybe three takeaways um, that you want all healthcare leaders to know and understand about the program? Again, if this was for any crazy reason, the first time ever hearing about the DAISY program, what are some things you would, you know, just quick, quickly uh, drop on us for our, our new introduction and knowledge to the program? Let me give you three things, Jarvis. And I would say, first and foremost, the evidence attesting to the impact of meaningful recognition through the DAISY Award is strong and deep. Something that, again, you can imagine a grieving family like us 21 years ago never ever would have thought of. But as the nursing profession and nurse leaders like Stuart have adopted this program over these years, have, they've also looked hard through research and evidence-based practice projects at what DAISY is actually accomplishing. So we know now that ongoing recognition is a strong contributor to nurses' job satisfaction, their intent to stay, and really importantly right now, their resilience. The focus of nursing uh, compassion for patients and families and others that we recognize through the DAISY Award helps to keep nurses connected to their heart, to the heart of nursing, and really the reason they became nurses to start with. So number one, I would say, the evidence is strong that attribute that attests to how important recognition is. Secondly, we designed this program early on to fit the culture of every organization that adopts it. We always knew that to make it sustainable, it was going to need to be flexible. So we have built in a lot of areas of flexibility, and I think that's part of why it's grown internationally so well. And the third thing I would say is we do everything we can to make it easy, successful, sustainable, and truly joyful for our healthcare partners to implement, and most importantly, to embed in their culture. 
Daisy is all about the expression of gratitude and meaningful recognition of nurses. And that needs to be a way of life, not just for nursing, but for everybody in a healthcare organization. So as we like to say, the time for meaningful recognition is always, especially during this pandemic, and we're here to make it easy and successful. Does that answer your question? No, absolutely. And maybe uh, to go off script really quickly, but um, is there, are, is there, I guess, within the world of Daisy, a connection with Cinnabon as well? Because at a past <laughs> yes. organization I worked with, culture to like distribute Cinnabons to everyone, which I oh. personally loved. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything at Daisy has a story. So the Daisy Award is a very simple thing. Patients, families, coworkers nominate a nurse, they, um, nurses. There's a pool of nominations and each month or each quarter, depending on the size of the staff, a committee of nurses gets together, blinds the nomination, takes the name off, reads the story and evaluates it against a series of criteria that are that, the, that, that committee has created for that organization. And then once the nurse has been chosen, uh, a time is selected when the leadership of the organization can go to the unit and surprise the nurse with the DAISY Award. And at the, at the presentation, of course, most importantly, the nomination story is read. And then we have a number of gifts that are given to the honoree. But one of those gifts is indeed meant to be Cinnabon or some kind of cinnamon treat, cinnamon roll. And here's why. When we started the award, we had everything figured out except one thing. It had been really clear to us that teamwork was very important to the success of Patrick's nurses. We might have felt really good about one nurse at one time, but we knew that behind that nurse was a whole team of people making that nurse able to do what they did for us. So we wanted a way to celebrate teamwork within the DAISY Award presentation script, if you will. And as we thought about it, we reflected back on the morning that Patrick had first gone into the hospital and every day Mark and I would go over there and we would bring different treats for him because he didn't want to eat. He had a mouthful of blood bliss and nothing tasted good and we couldn't get him to eat. And one morning we were driving to the hospital and Mark spotted a Cinnabon bakery. Slammed on the brakes, did a U-turn on the street and went back to Cinnabons because just like you, Jarvis, Mark thinks that Cinnabons should be their own food group. So he brought a Cinnabon for himself and took it to the hospital to uh, enjoy while we were sitting there with Patrick starting off his and Pat smelled the Cinnabon as we were coming down the hallway. <laughs> and he, we got into his room and he asked Mark if he could have a bite and he ended up eating the whole thing. That night, he said to us, please stop at Cinnabon again tomorrow for me and make sure you bring enough for all my nurses. So we did that. And of course, the next day, we found out that you and Mark are not the only people who think Cinnabon should be their own food group. The nurses just loved them. And as we thought about what we should bring in to celebrate the team, well, what better thing could we bring in than, than what had been Patrick's gift to his nurses? that he would want nurses today to have. And we incorporate this message into every Daisy celebration, which is whenever you smell cinnamon or taste it, if you're home baking cookies for your kids or prior to the pandemic, you were in a mall or an airport and you smelled Cinnabon in a, in a bakery or whatever, let that cinnamon smell be a sensory trigger for you to stop and think about how special you are because you're a nurse. You make an extraordinary impact on your patients and their families. Don't ever take that for granted and let this cinnamon aroma be a sensory trigger to remind you. So that is why we serve Cinnabons at every, or some kind of cinnamon treat now at every Daisy Award celebration around the world. All right. Again, just that, that additional insight. I, I literally have goosebumps 
on my arm as you were sharing those um, that that background and that story because um, it is one of my favorite dessert places and I don't think I'll ever look at them the same again. It's going to have such a deeper impact now, so I appreciate learning that. They have been a fantastic partner for us. They have donated over a million cinnamon rolls to nurses through our program. For many, many years, they were doing a promotion every nurses week where they would give us free, a free cinnamon roll to every nurse who came into a bakery. So yeah, they've been, they're a great company. I can't say enough nice things about those folks. Um, Stuart, I want to throw a question over to you really quickly, but you know, as a, a lifetime supporter for the Daisy Foundation, would love to kind of get um, to hear about the stories from the front line. So anything related to the nomination process, but um, most importantly, again, you know, what what's the reaction or the impact from this recognition program to the frontline nurses when you guys go and recognize them and, and kind of have that experience? Sure thing. That's a great question, Jarvis. Um, you know, the Daisy Foundation, and Bonnie alluded to this a little bit um, a few moments ago, has made it extremely easy to implement meaningful recognition through the Daisy program in that all of the materials and supplies that a chief nursing officer or a nursing dean or director of nursing would need is at his or her fingertips. Implementing the Daisy Award is pretty much turnkey, um, if you could imagine that. Um, and as Bonnie um, mentioned, it's it's customizable to um, each individual organization. Part of these materials um, that the Daisy Foundation affords to you is a nomination form, again, that is customized to meet the recognition criteria set forth by a particular organization or a school of nursing. The nurse leader only has to establish the criteria for these nominations, and then the nomination process um, can take form and pretty much takes care of itself from there. Um, so, so, so it's pretty easy to nominate someone, and, and Daisy has also made it very easy to do that through their website as well. And, and if you have not seen this, I urge you and all of the listeners um, to this podcast today to go out and even check um, check out what you what you will find in Times Square. Bonnie may talk about this a little bit later on, but the uh, publicity about the Daisy Foundation and more importantly about recognizing a nurse, especially um, during times of this pandemic where we're getting um, the public um, citizens involved, public people involved in recognizing um, nurses is pretty, pretty astounding. So the impact of meaningful recognition um, through the Daisy Award, I would say, um, is to um, not to ever be underestimated, especially when it comes to frontline nurses and as, again, as Bonnie mentioned, especially during these past several months of the COVID pandemic. Um, while I could give you countless accounts of the DAISY um, impact and the impact it's had, um, I'm, I'm going to try to give you the cliff notes through one particular nomination um, that comes to mind. We had, um, and, and this will just, again, kind of illuminate for you and all of our listeners um, the impact of, um, that it has on the front line of nurses. We had a patient um, who came to our trauma center a little over a year ago, a relatively um, very young lady. Um, I forget how many small children she had, three or so. Maybe one of them was uh, approaching teenage years. And she was at a public event and actually had a cardiac uh, arrest and um, was brought to our hospital. Later, ultimately declared brain dead, and the family made the difficult decision um, to harvest organs um, through our LifeLink program. What um, what was pretty astounding was how a particular nurse um, by the last name of Craver, um, just to protect her, I won't say her first name, but she um, was pretty drawn to this 
this mom and her three children and her grieving husband, um, much like the grief that Mark and Bonnie um, and the family were experiencing at Patrick's death. And so this nurse thought, how can I make a difference in the life of this mom? And how can I, how can I, what can I do as a nurse to help her live on? And so what she did was on her cell phone, she got a Doppler, and she actually um, recorded the heartbeat of that mom and gave it to um, the dad so that the, the kids and the dad would always have um, the audio recording of a beating heart, the beating heart of their mom. And then she took uh, an EKG strip and she, um, she ran a, a piece of that EKG strip and gave it to dad who ultimately, um, uh, and again, the EKG strip of the mom's beating heart um, before or organ harvesting. And he actually got a tattoo on his arm, I believe, of his, mom, of his wife's um, um, cardiac strip. And so what that, that has now grown into what we call the Craver Bear. And Jarvis, you may know about that from being here, but now with each um, person in our ICU um, who the family makes the tough decision for organ harvesting, uh, organ donation, uh, we give them what's called a Craver Bear, and inside that bear is the beating heart of the loved one um, whose organs are being donated. And then we also continue to give an EKG strip to the family as well. So you can imagine just from this one simple thing, because now that has grown just not from this one nurse, but to all of our ICU nurses and others, um, actually now it's being implemented across all of Wellstar. And that the meaningful impact of the meaningful recognition that this has had on these nurses is just profound. Um, in fact, uh, if, you, if you get more into the, the quantitative piece of this, um, this has actually been studied in research findings, as Bonnie mentioned earlier, um, from one particular study by Kelly and Lefton in 2017, um, used the DAISY recognition program as proxy, as a proxy for measure, to mitigate compassion fatigue. Because we also know it's not just the qualitative piece um, that we look at when, we, when we're studying meaningful recognition, but also the quantitative piece. Um, and so compassion fatigue is included of burnout and secondary traumatic stress. And you can certainly imagine um, over the last several months, 10 months in particular, what this pandemic has wreaked on frontline nurses. Um, so to highlight um, the important work and research and to further expound on what Bonnie was mentioning earlier, is that meaningful recognition, um, and particularly nurses who received a DAISY Award, either received a nomination, or even those who attended a DAISY presentation of a peer or colleague, it demonstrated um, that they were impacted in a positive way. So even though that some of these nurses, they didn't come up with the idea per se, if, as I link it back to um, this particular incident, you know, they didn't come up with the idea of recording a heartbeat. It is, it's just had a profound impact on them as frontline nurses, and now it's, it's highly practiced um, throughout She's actually looking now to see how she can even patent this um, and try to start a national movement uh, with this um, through LifeLink of Georgia. So we know, again, through our research that highly satisfied nurses, um, the, particularly those at the bedside, um, and those who reported high job enjoyment um, and nurses who've been, or nurses who've been meaningful, meaningfully recognized, um, it's reported that they have less burnout even, and even less burnout, I would say, during this pandemic, because we've done a lot of recognition over the last several months. And um, it's, the, the profound impact is just, it's clear to us um, the importance of recognizing nurses. So uh, Again, um, you know, the research is very clear and it clearly portrays that the impact that the DAISY recognition program has had on frontline nurses is, again, not to be underestimated. And that that 
story is beyond impressive, Stuart. And, you know, as you're telling it, the only thing I'm sitting here thinking is that is only one story of so many that that thousands. this impact. And absolutely. So um, absolutely. Thousands I, I and thousands of stories. I appreciate that. That's that's um, man that I was going to we can stop the show now that this is already <laughs> worth it. So. <laughs> Well, I would no, just, uh, let me, oh, I'm I just, sorry. Wanted, just wanted to add, Jarvis, that if ever you are having a day that you need a little uplift and you go to our website, daisyfoundation.org, under the Daisy Award tab, you'll see Daisy honorees. And there are there about 75 or 80,000 stories. We don't have them all, but we have an amazing archive of stories of compassionate care there. You know, Jarvis, if I could just quickly go off script to one more um, quick second. You know, it, you, the question was about the impact that it's had on frontline nurses. But I would even say, too, you know, these last few months, obviously, we all know has been pretty challenging. The impact that it's even had on leaders um, and, and just per, making it personal, you know, me in particular. I know in my office, um, there are three things that, that are part of my office you know, paraphernalia. One is a certificate that I received from Mark and Bonnie back in August of 2013 as an extraordinary Daisy champion. I look at it every single day. The second that we'll talk about in a moment is the book um, that Mark and Bonnie authored um, that came out last year. And then thirdly, um, he was trust healer's touch sculpture, you know, that also sits in my office. And there's some days, as Bonnie is mentioning, you know, that, that they're pretty tough. They're, they're, sometimes you feel like you can't, you know, how do I put on a positive face and go out there amongst the team and, and everything. But, you know, I walk over sometimes and just touch that sculpture or look at that, at that book or look at that um, certificate. And I think, you know, I, I, I can do this. I can do this. And it's just, you just kind of draw inner strength um, from that. So this program, from a meaningful recognition standpoint, not only has an impact on frontline nurses, but also um, nurse leaders. And I bet you, if you were to ask, you know, other CNOs and other operational leaders across the country, they would tell you the same. No, I, I appreciate that call out. That's something I hadn't even considered as as, as I was prepping for the shows, all the, the frontline leadership mindset. But I appreciate that extra call out because again, that is impacting you know thousands of leaders across the uh, across the country as well, across the world, um, international. So. Wonderful. Thank you. Thank you both. This is, uh, I've already felt, I, I, I always tell the audience that I get the first round of value from these conversations because I'm having the conversation, but <laughs> this is just, you know, this is such a, a great conversation, but um, I, I want to move to the next question because on this podcast, we do like to try to balance the success and the impact with the lessons learned opportunities. Um, so uh, I'm calling this next question kind of the double-edged sword and with the, the vision behind this is that, you know, again, learning our failures and our successes, um, I imagine starting a program like this and then developing it to that national and international field was no easy. Um, so Bonnie, I'd love if you can maybe highlight some, a few of the um, lessons learned or aha moment that you've personally gotten from the DAISY program over the years. Well, I, I wouldn't call them failures, Jarvis, but we certainly have had our challenges and Stuart alluded to our book, which we'll talk about later. Uh, we tell the story of our challenges especially early on. When we started DAISY, there was nothing like it in nursing. There was you know, clinical ladders and there were academic achievements and that kind of recognition, but there was no recognition for what nurses do every day. 
So when I started cold calling nursing offices around the country, very often I would get this response of, oh, our nurses don't need recognition. They're just doing their jobs. Caring for patients is what they're here to do. So, you know, we don't need an award program. Thank heaven they couldn't see me cringing on the other end of the phone. And, you know, obviously this was the days before Zoom. But there were pioneers like Stuart who either felt sorry for us as a grieving family, Stuart will have to tell you what he thought, or they thought that our concept giving patients and families a way to say thank you was worth a try. And once, just like Stuart expressed, once they experienced the DAISY Award, they would get hooked. And they spread the word among nurse leaders and nursing organizations adopted us and helped us promote the DAISY Award and, and build the evidence that we've talked about that really erased any doubt of the impact. A second challenge that we've had, and it's, it's ongoing, to be honest with you, now that the entire world of healthcare has come to understand the importance of meaningful recognition. They are turning to us to create a program or to include healthcare workers who are not licensed or registered nurses. And as you know, the DAISY Foundation is dedicated and committed to nursing. And it's tough for Mark and me because we know that, that certified nurse assistants and nurses, techs and other people provide wonderful, compassionate care. But our experience with Patrick was with his nurses. So we have felt very strongly that we need to be true to that. And it is, um, it's an ongoing challenge when we hear sometimes a healthcare system say, well, we don't want to call out something special for nurses. We need in a program that works for everyone. Our response to that is that, you know, please feel free to, to emulate our program, put a different name on it, put a different spin on it and have a separate recognition program. But Daisy is for nurses. And as long as Mark and I are here, it always will be. So that's been, I think, the, the second challenge. And maybe Stuart can attest to what he's experienced with that. But, but from those two experiences, I would say I have two lessons learned. Number one, persistence pays. Eventually, you're going to find the people who are going to, going to see something in what you want to do that's going to make sense. Mark would tell you I'm the world's greatest nag. That's another way to look at it. But it is, for me, it's about persistence um, and staying focused. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of things to do for nurses. But as Stuart knows from being on our board and knowing us as well as he does, we work really, really hard not to dilute our mission or our brand. And I give my husband, Mark, tremendous credit for keeping us on that path that really has served us as a foundation very, very well. So those would be my two two big takeaways. Oh, no, I appreciate um, Let me jump to the next. And I, I'm going to jump around just a little bit on some of my questions. Um, only because, you know, there's been so much great storytelling so far, and I, I know I'm on a limited time base, but I, I want to jump down to Stuart really quickly, if you're okay with it, and just kind of have a really quick review of your career path, because, you know, you served in just the, so many powerful executive leadership roles for so long, and it spans um, kind of the chief nursing background, the chief operating officer background. Um, take a big picture approach on this, but I love if you could take a minute to highlight kind of that day in the life of a healthcare executive. And again, I, I kind of asked this question, um, I mentioned earlier, but just with the hopes that the listeners for this podcast will aspire to grow into these types of roles in the future. So I want to go ahead and give them a taste of that experience from, you know, from your point of view. Sure thing. 
So, uh, Jarvis, having worked alongside me for the last year, you probably know all too well what it's like for me um, here at Atlanta Medical Center. And I will tell you that, you know, no two days are the same. Right now, uh, my days as a hospital executive, healthcare executive, are full of ongoing COVID resiliency and surge plans, um, and most recently, um, our vaccination rollout. Um, that vaccination rollout has been one of the most rewarding things um, that I've ever been a participant in and had the opportunity to lead and work alongside our team because at a time when our country is hurting um, so badly, uh, it gives people hope. And so it's, it's so rewarding to be a healthcare executive at this point in time in history um, because I'm, I'm able to be part of something so much bigger than I am um, and that it gives hope to people um, who are in, you know, who are scared and, and fearful. Uh, but the days um, in the life of a hospital COO right now are also filled, you know, with working, uh, working with department leaders on various operational plans, strategy conversations, regulatory and accreditation compliance, contract management, physician relations, implementation of policies and standards across all hospital boundaries. And I'd be remiss if I didn't say meetings, 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 and more meetings, um, you know, because it just, you got you to meet with folks to make things happen. Um, so, um, and then another thing too for me, you know, is the partnership with many of our corporate leaders on various projects and other hospital priorities. Those uh, also comprise some of my time um, as, as a COO and even as a CNO. But I would also say that recognition of our team members is also part of my days, and that is the most fun and the most rewarding. We recently implemented a physician recognition program, and so I've been able to participate um, in honoring and recognizing many of our doctors and healthcare providers um, at the medical staff level, you know, as well as nursing and, and ancillary folks as well, um, you know, as throughout this pandemic and and so that is the most fun and most rewarding. But again, I would certainly tell you that, you know, no two days are alike. Um, and, but, but it's fun. It's fun. People say, why would you choose a career in healthcare? You know, because the patent answer is always, you know, because I get to make a difference. But, you know, for me, it's, it's because I get to work alongside people who are doing good for humanity. Healthcare is a service profession. And all the things that go along with serving people um, make it just so rewarding for me. And that's what I want my legacy to be. Um, you know, when I'm finally, gone from this world um, to another life, I want people to say, you know, he really cared for people. He really loved people. And, and, and the platform of, of hospital executive leadership is certainly one in which I can um, do that. Well, and I know we started our conversation off with just, um, you know, Bonnie's comments around having passion for what you do. Mm -hmm. um, Stuart, I, I know you personally, man. I, I know you literally go from, you know, 12 to 12 or 4 to 4. Or, you know, I, I can't even imagine what time you start time you end and the same <laughs> now I'm telling that story that's you 24 7 in my experience with you so um, I know you bring everything the caring the passion so again just thank you for that authenticity and that energy um, I, I do want to circle back on the um, question around professional development because if folks were to look you up on LinkedIn at a minimum they're going to see a long list of acronyms and so forth but um, what kind of <laughs> professional development or even getting involved with um, leading in associations what's what's been that impact um, you know for you professionally or personally that's helped you navigate your career path sure great question you know when when I first got into nursing leadership 
I, w- I feel pretty savvy on the clinical front. My, my background is critical care, and you know I've always loved and enjoyed being a critical care nurse. And when I made my way into management, I thought, man, this is you know kind of a horse of a different color, and you know I, I got to fill out, fill my way here, and what do I do? And so you know one of the things that that a mentor of mine um, said to me long ago was, you got to get involved in your professional organization. And so I became involved at that time with the Georgia Organization of Nurse Leaders which is a subsidiary of AONL, the American Association of Nursing Leadership. And so you can never underestimate the power of networking because today I am where I am because of standing on the shoulders of some pretty amazing giants um, in the industry, other nurse leaders and chief nurse executives who have helped me become who I am today. And so from a professional development standpoint, yes, you got to have the degrees. Yes, you got to have you know the college preparation and whatnot to ascend to these executive roles. Yes, the certifications and all the letters behind your name kind of validate your competency and your knowledge of the subject matter in which you're leading from an executive standpoint, but never underestimate the power of relationships and the power of networking. Organizational involvement is paramount. I tell people that all the time. You've got to get involved with folks. And then that affords you the opportunity to, to be recognized. And then I always just try to find things that, you know, and surround myself with things like the Daisy Award that are going to make a difference in the lives of people. You know, I, 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 I think I know how I got to become involved with the board of directors with Daisy. Um, but, you know, I had been to a couple of um, different organizations that didn't have Daisy, and that's one of the first things I would always implement because recognizing people, establishing relationships with people, saying thank you to people for the extraordinary work that they do every day is is part of being a hospital executive, and it's what brings me joy. And so, you know, when you when you do those types of things and you surround yourselves, people notice like Mark and Bonnie noticed me and they noticed, again, I keep using the word Daisy Disciple, you know, but, but I'm a staunch advocate for this program because of what it stands for. And, and Mark's exactly right. We will, as long as I'm around we, and a part of this board, we will never dilute the mission and the vision of Daisy and what it stands for because it's, it, it's what makes it so special. So, you know, professional development, again, you know, aside from, from, you know, academic preparation is all about networking and building relationships, in my opinion. Perfect. Could not have summed that up any better. So I, I really appreciate that. Oh, sorry, Bonnie, it looked like you were about to. No, I'd like, to add, something. I'd like to add a quality about Stuart that I think is one of the reasons that his relationships work so well. Stuart is one of those people that when he says he's going to do something, he does it. And he does it with gusto and creativity and commitment. And I think that's, you know, you ask about why we invited him to be on our board. That's exactly why Stuart does what he says he's going to do. And we all know that not everybody in the world is like that. And so it's a standout quality in Stuart that we just love. I think it's something that for your listeners, it's something I think we all need to be cognizant of how important that is. It's There's a sense of integrity when you say you're going to do something. Thank you, Bob. I don't know if I've ever seen a, a leader call folks out in such a way. It's like the most respectful call out that makes you want to get the job done. That's been my experience, you know, working for and working with them over the past hours too. So I, I can back that up. Great. Um, next question I have for you both. Um, 
I would like to, again, kind of chop this up a little bit. Um, and, and Stuart, I'm going to ask you to go first on this and come back to you, Bonnie. But what do you all see as the number one challenge and the number one opportunity for today's healthcare professional? So, um, Stuart, any, any thoughts around that? Sure. You know, I would say right now, Jarvis, our number one challenge is most likely staff burnout nursing burnout. Quite frankly, our team members and our physicians are just tired and exhausted. And I'm just being real with you right now. The effects of working, you know, during this pandemic have been profound, despite our many resiliency efforts. I'm also very concerned about the mental health effects that this, um, these recent months have had on both patients, or not only on patients, but also our physicians and team members as well. And moreover, the effects that will be further pronounced and recognized even in the years to come. So I think those are, you know, some of the challenges that we face right now. How do we, how do we get people to, to stay engaged and stay in the fight? Um, yet despite all of these challenges, you know, that we, um, that we face, you know, there's an old adage that says something about, too much respect for problems kills your faith in possibilities, I believe is how it goes. So despite all these challenges, you know, we don't want to give it too much respect because we're going somewhere. You know, this pandemic is not going to last forever. Um, there, and to that end, there's always been a need for great health care in this country and even throughout the world. So despite these challenges, you know, I, I want to ensure that we're doing all we can and I'm doing all I can to perpetuate the profession and specifically the nursing profession. It's one of our greatest opportunities, I believe, you know, throughout this pandemic and over the recent months, many nurses have announced retirement across the country. And so we're going to need new nurses um, to fill in the gap. So while, um, while the effects of, of the last few months have been, been hard on us, it won't last always. And I, for one, want to do all I can to perpetuate the profession and attract new nurses um, in, into the profession now, um, which we are very proud to be the most trusted profession for, in the United States for 18 years running, according to Gallup. It's a great time to be a nurse. It's a great time to be in healthcare. It's a great time to make a difference. So, yep, we have our challenges um, but, and our opportunities, but, but I believe they won't last always and, and there is a way out. Bonnie, would you agree? Wow, I'm, I'm so happy that you responded as you have, Stuart. You're so much closer to this than I am. I, I would have been right there with you about what the biggest challenge is and the way that we hope nurses will address this before they run for the door is to remind themselves that they do indeed make a difference, that this work is incredibly important and that they never lose the compassion that they set out to deliver when they started to become nurses. But having said that, uh, yes, your commitment to making new nurses and, and us to recognizing student nurses and faculty who, who mold and nurture them is extremely important because the, the challenge of making sure we have enough nurses going forward as healthcare is transforming and the role of the nurse becomes increasingly front and center, we need to make sure we have enough bodies to fill that role and fill it really well. I'm right there with you. Wonderful. And I, I love that. Um, let me go ahead and transition us into a, a rapid fire type of a segment for our show. So I call this our two minute drill and you guys are bringing such great energy, but we're going to speed up the pace and really pull some value out of you both. But um, let me check in with you both. How are you feeling? You ready to rock this out? Let's roll. Yep. All right, perfect, let's do it. Well, um, the next question that I have for you is um, where I'd love to um, 
kind of throw a two-parter at you, but if you could share with our audience of quality people, healthcare leaders, something about your daily work that inspires you to do your best, then tell us how do you inspire other professionals? Um, Bonnie, would you start us off and then Stuart? For me, it's reading the stories that are written, nominating nurses for the DAISY Award, seeing the depth of caring that nurses show patients and families is just unbelievable. And well, Stuart just gave you a great example. You can't help but be inspired by the quality of these human beings, these angels who are taking care of the rest of us. And I'm inspired to ensure their extraordinary care never goes unnoticed. And Jarvis, I think for me, simply put, um, the people that I have the privilege of leading every day, they're they're who inspire me and what inspires me to, to do my best and be my best every single time I come to work, ensuring that our nurses and our other supporting team members have what they need to do their best work every day is why I exist. And I never want to take that responsibility for granted. You know, I feel you know, at the risk of being egotistical, I certainly don't want to be, but I feel like one of my greatest capabilities and attributes surrounds mentoring. You know, mentoring provides the greatest fulfillment for me and it ignites a spirit of gratitude from a professional standpoint um, within. I've personally mentored, you know, three nurse leaders who have now become an S um, into chief nursing officer roles and countless others. So, you know, I would say that, um, you know, I'm able to, because of where I am at this point in my career, inspire other professionals, um, again, maybe through my authentic leadership approach, being true and honest and leading with high moral character and integrity is to never be underestimated. Um, but, but the people um, you lead can see right through it when you're not, you know, true and honest with them. And I always want to be that, that, that true, honest leader um, and help people become their best in all fairness to it, it's not ego because that was a reputation I heard about you even before I came to work with you. So <laughs> just give you that feed. I'll tell you that story later, but you got a reputation for doing just what you do. Um, next question I have for you, what is the best piece of career advice that you've ever received? I would say I'll go first and then Bonnie, you take it, you take it from there. But the best piece of advice that I've ever received um, is that a great leader doesn't say, look what I've become. They say, look who I've helped become. So I, again, I want to do all that I can do to um, to lead those that trust their, their careers to me, that trust their employment with me, to mentor, encourage, influence, and inspire them and help them fulfill their career goals and aspirations. Bonnie? I would say the best piece of advice I've ever been given probably came from my father, and that was be true to your value, to the human quality mm. that are really important to us. And, and Mark and I work very hard to follow that every day. And Stuart, this one's going to come kind of laser focused at you, especially with our relationship around lean and all things quality improvement. But um, what do you consider are three key attributes to being a successful, quality focused healthcare leader? Yeah, that's um, that's pretty, pretty easy to answer for me. I think number one. It, you got to have a foundation of trust. If people don't trust you, you're never going to to be successful. People will never follow you. I learned a long time ago, take a look behind you, and if nobody's following you, you're just taking a walk. You're not a leader. So number one is trust. Number two, moral courage. Um, courage is something I think that is absent in this day and time in many aspects of the healthcare industry. And so just having the moral courage to do the right thing, even when no one's looking, is paramount. Three, um, again, for me, is that that authentic leadership approach, the authenticity um, of being oneself 
uh, being true to oneself and what he or she stands for um, from a healthcare um, practice standpoint is is to never be um, underestimated as well. And then you know, Jarvis, I got to add a fourth in there, and that's joy. You got to have fun. You got to have joy in the workplace. You got to have fun in doing what you do, and people have to know um, that you're having joy in what you're doing because that's how it becomes contagious. Um, if you want to change things on the quality front, if you want to change things at any on any front in the organization, you got to exhibit pride and joy in all that you do. So for me, trust, moral courage, authenticity, and you know I had to throw the fourth one in there, joy. Perfect. I love it. And and next question I have for you, and again, you know, love to get both your thoughts on this, but Stuart, this might be coming over to you specifically because, again, that, sure. that focus for development, but um, we'd love if you all can share with our audience um, a professional society and a professional conference that you would consider to be a value add to to a healthcare leader that's coming up. So for me in particular, yeah, thank you. Um, great question. Um, and maybe I'm a little biased um, with this with this answer, but you know, I've been a member of the American Organization of Nurse Leaders, um, formerly known as the American Organization of Nurse Executives, for many many years, and involved even at the state level, been president at the state level, um, and, and and held several um, leadership positions within the professional organization. I find that I get out of it just as much as I pour into it. So for me, that professional society would be. AONL. Again, the professional conference, um, there are many that um, one can choose from, you know, from a leadership, nursing leadership standpoint, AONL annual conference, um, and the ANCC, that's the American Nurses Credentialing Center's Magnet Conference, Pathway to Excellence Conference is um, two of the top that you will ever find um, in the country. And then on the quality side, um, since I am also a certified quality professional, I always get great insight into best practices on the quality landscape uh, when I attend the NAHQ Quality Summit and NAHQ is the National Association of Healthcare Quality. Love all of those recommendations. Um, let me throw this one to Bonnie. Um, if you could recommend one book to our quality people, what would it be and why? So Stuart mentioned it before and I just can't resist. Uh, last year we wrote a book called Shining the Light on All the Right, Celebrating the Art of Nursing Around the World. And we wrote it because there are so many nurses like Stuart who have had such a huge role in the development of the Daisy Foundation to the place that it is at today that we needed to share the story of tremendous contributions nurses have made to building this, this movement of meaningful recognition. And the second reason was that we really wanted to share some of our stories of, of our life with Daisy before we forget them. We needed to write it down. So the book came out in February just before uh, the, the pandemic got bad. And yet still it is being um, read by thousands and thousands of nurses and nurse leaders and has become a, a wonderful gift to nurses. And it just received uh, first place in the American Journal of Nursing um, Annual Book of the Year Awards for the Creative Works category. So it's it's been very well received and it is available. On wonderful. And I'll make sure we get a link to that attached with the show when we publish it. Um, one more quick question for you though, Bonnie. I uh, would love if you can give our audience a call to action on the next best steps that they can take if they want to learn more about the Daisy Foundation or even get involved. Oh, that's great. Thank you so much. Daisyfoundation.org is our website. There's tons of information there. Um, you'll see a under the Daisy Award tab, there's a drop-down menu that includes a, a way to get to a request information form. 
And when you fill that out, it gets to one of our team. I haven't mentioned the fact that there are now 25 people working at the Daisy Foundation. Our team is amazing. They are the ones who really make Daisy happen day to day. And um, Mark and I may be full-time volunteers, but we bow to the staff at the Daisy Foundation every day. So one of them would be back in touch right away as soon as someone asks him for information. And we'll guide you, as Stuart mentioned before, down the path of how to bring the Daisy Award on accessible. Wonderful, love that. And now for our closer, I appreciate you all letting me keep you just a few minutes past the hour here, but uh, we are right there. Last question, Bonnie, let's say that we're sitting here a year from now celebrating what a great year has been for you and the Daisy Foundation. Take a second and think about it, but what exactly did we achieve this year and how are we celebrating? Well, we achieved as a world the end of the pandemic. That's most important. <laughs> right on, Bonnie. <laughs> we will start there. That is number one. Um, well, I, I, in a year, and by the time we see you, Stuart, at the end of the year for our board meeting, Daisy will have, we hope, added another several hundred healthcare organizations and nursing schools on our roster of partners. Um, the initiatives that we're in the process of launching, which Stuart mentioned before, encouraging consumers to nominate their nurses for the DAISY Award will have really taken off so that we can be feeding more and more nominations to our partner hospitals and sending more statements of gratitude to nurses around the world. That will have been a great success. It kicked off with two enormous signs in Times Square that are still up or yes. on the DAISY Foundation Facebook page. It's been very exciting. Uh, and is now the um, billboards and social media campaign is rolling around, out around the country. And, and again, related to the pandemic, we will have been back out and about celebrating nurses at conferences and in our partner organization person. Zoom is great, but I need to hug a nurse so badly. And we will have given lots of hugs by this time next year. That's how we'll be celebrating. Perfect. And Stuart, same question for you and the teams that you're leading. You know, this is kind of hard to, to top Bonnie's response right there. And Bonnie, let me just end by saying I'm, I'm sending you a big virtual hug right now. Um, so you're hugging a nurse right now through this podcast. But, you know, um, Jarvis, um, and to all of those listening on your podcast today, thank you. The simple words thank you are so special in any language. People, and in particular nurses, they want to feel valued, even if it's just through that simple thank you. You know, the Daisy Foundation, Bonnie quoted some of the numbers early on, has over 4,600 partnering organizations and schools of nursing, and now in over 29 countries, over 156,000 nurses have been honored with over 2 million nominations received. So a year from now, as Bonnie just said, I couldn't have said it better. Um, you would have thought she, she, she jumped in my head and, and knew what I was thinking. We will celebrate at that next board meeting if just one, just one more healthcare organization or school plans to join or actually does join the Daisy Foundation and the Daisy family. Why? Because it's, that's just one more opportunity for a nurse somewhere, someplace, um, that someone we will never know or maybe never meet to receive meaningful recognition and know that they are valued by the work that he or she does every single day. We'll celebrate big at that accomplishment. All right. I love it. And I'll just kind of put a call to action out there for any of our audience members that are learning about the Daisy Foundation for the first time. This is an episode I want you to share with your healthcare teams and their and your leadership teams. Introduce them to 
the DAISY Foundation, share some of the links that we'll be sure to put in this episode. Um, before I let you both go, kind of in that same mindset, um, I'd love to end simply with you all sharing the best way that our audience members can also connect or follow you on social media, and then we'll officially sign off. Well, the DAISY Foundation is, is all over social media, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Pinterest, everything, Twitter, of course. Uh, and I personally have a, a LinkedIn page. I'm not a big user of, of Facebook and other social media personally, but I am certainly paying attention in LinkedIn. And Jarvis, that's how you and I connected the first time too. So that would really find me there. Perfect. And for me, Jarvis, um, my um, the best way to connect with me is through LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn at Stuart Downs. It's S-T-U-A-R-T, last name D-O-W-N-S. And folks can find me on LinkedIn. As Bonnie mentioned, I am also not a big um, participant of Facebook. Um, so LinkedIn, is my go-to platform for social media and professional connections. Perfect. And again, I thank you both just again for your leadership, for your vision with this recognition program. Um, I'm praying for the absolute highest level of success throughout the rest of this year and moving forward. Um, so just want to thank you on behalf of our entire audience um, to our audience, our quality people everywhere. Thank you all for listening and making us a part of your day. This is Jarvis, Bonnie, and Stuart, and we are signing off. Quality people, thank you so much again for plugging in with today's episode. If you enjoyed it, please feel free to share it using the social media link posted in the notes below. I'd also be very grateful if you could subscribe, give us a rating, and also share feedback on what additional value we can bring to you through this podcast. That helps a lot with our show rankings and also with getting this great content out to healthcare leaders around the world. And if you want to engage with me directly, then please connect with me on LinkedIn where I share additional resources, access to our QI community, and much more. All right, quality people, thank you again, and I'll see you back here next week when I introduce you to another quality guest.